peace. What's going on, party people? We in the building a little bit late, but we here nevertheless. After further review, 2.0, a.k.a. the Sauron Pass is in your face. In, in your eye, you got the mirror in the building, man. We here in the building, 954-246-0398. We in the building live and direct. Or I'm going to just spit my ism. I got some things I want to talk about tonight anyway. So let me live and let me talk about it. Um, Second round in the NBA playoffs, we're going to definitely cover that, get into all of that. Um, Major League Baseball, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the Stanley Cup playoffs. We've got a Game 7 going on tonight. The uh, Dallas Stars and St. Louis Blues. All right, we're going to get into that. We'll talk a little um, extracurricular stuff, all right, because it's getting ready to be, you know, the weather's trying to change and get a little warm outside and all that. So we're going to talk a little baseball and Get into that a little bit, man, because it's almost Memorial Day, you know. Um, I like to, you know, really, really get into baseball around Memorial Day, so I'm trying to get my weight up now so I can get caught up to the season. I mean, I know what's going on, but I just want to get, you know, really caught up into it so we can really discuss it in that type of context. I um, We're in the building, man. Muggers Marrow's in the building, man. Shout out to my man Maurice. You already know, man, they got a nice situation going on, man, if you into uh, – you know, barbecuing and grilling and stuff like that, man. Um, we started a little business in 2015, back in November 2015. You know, starting out as a little small grilling and delivery business. But then, um, you know, then grew up and blew up, man, um, locally and uh, hopefully, um, you know, domestically and hopefully uh, internationally, man. It's, it's really, really good, man. The sauces are banging. Um, you know, trust me, I know. Cause I tasted all of them, man. So um, the um, spicy orange—that's what I use for my little for my chips, man. When I dip in my chips, so I like the spicy orange. Everything is organic with it. You know what I mean? It's an organic spin on traditional barbecue sauce. So make sure you um, check that out, man. Muggers marrow—everything uh, is organic, man. Once again, it's all natural. The agave garlic is banging too. You know what I mean? Um, the mango habanero is the truth. You know, and and the pineapple jalapeno is the truth. So, yo, make sure you check them out, man. All right, Muggers Marrow LLC is the site. Uh, that's M-U-G-G-E-R-S-M-A-R-R-O-W-L-L-C.com. That's the site if you want to uh, order. Trust me, man. It's all organic. You know what I mean? You got to worry about the, you know, the, the, the um, contents. Everything is natural. You know what I'm saying? And uh, tell them the mayor sent you, all right? After further review, 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass, we're about to get into a thing, man. NBA playoffs, man. Um, listen, you know, I, I always said that this season was going to be like a tax write-off, man. I wasn't really concerned about what was going to go on this season outside of who's going to win the championship and who's going to get the number one pick in the lottery and who's going to get the, you know, the the uh, where were the free agents going to go. Um but yeah, I mean it is interesting. You got the Raptors and you got the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers um tied at two games apiece in the Eastern Conference, man. Um you know, I, I, I like Toronto, like I said, I like Toronto to come out of the East. I just think that, you know, Joel and B really for all the laughing and joking around that he does, I mean, he's come up really, really uh invisible in a couple of games in this series, man. You know, but when you know, he comes up invisible, he can always cry that he's sick. You know? But then he's quick to laugh at somebody else. So I'm just going to say, man, um, for everything that Kawhi Leonard has done, you know, he's the best player in these playoffs, man, definitely. 
You know, I mean, even though Giannis is, might be, you know, uh, might feel some kind of way about that, but I think, um, you know, Giannis has definitely done his numbers against the Boston Celtics. But, um, you know, Kawhi Leonard is, is, is doing his numbers, man. Kawhi is doing his thing thing. So I'm not really going to, you know, try to knock Giannis because if you don't say Giannis is doing his thing, then you feel like you're knocking him. But Kawhi is definitely putting together one of the best playoff runs that I've seen in a long time, you know, if you pay attention to that. You know, um, he's the only player in history to average 32 points and seven rebounds on at least 58% shooting and 50% three-point shooting. So, I mean, you know, he, he's doing he's doing his numbers, so you can't, you know, knock him. I mean, if you like Giannis, that's cool, but I think that Kawhi Leonard is the best player in these playoffs so far, man. I mean, you know, the only thing I'm going to say about um, Giannis is that, you know, in game one against Boston, he really, you know, looked, you know, kind of normal. You know what I mean? They held him in check. You know what I'm saying? Um, he went seven for 21, you know. Um, but Giannis is really, really, you know, he got his swag back in the series. You know what I mean? They walking through the Boston Celtics. I don't know, you know, what's going on with them. But um, I think the Celtics kind of like look like they gave up because Giannis is killing them. He, he's definitely killing them. Man. And, and this is all without Michael Brogdon, who everybody was kind of like worrying about you know, trying to, you know, see if he was going to come back or when he was going to be able to come back right now. They don't need him. So every day right now that he's resting his gravy now, you know, so he's good right now. So the the Milwaukee Bucks are good right now. Get ready to try to get Boston up out of here and go to the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, You know, talk about Kevin Durant a little bit as far as the Western Conference is concerned. I mean, you know, um, you know, Golden State has lost two games in a row to Houston. You know, and, um, you know, even though Durant averaged 40 points in those losses, man, he is the leader scorer in the playoffs, you know, over 35 and a half points on 51% shooting. Um, I think that, you know, Durant having to do a little bit more because Steph Curry and, and Clay Thompson are not really showing up in these playoffs so far. Um, you know, Clay, I think he's only averaging about 15 points, you know, shooting 30% from three point land. Um, Curry is even, you know, kind of a little bit worse, you know. Um, but, you know, um, Durant is seeing the defense from the Houston Rockets has definitely stepped his game up, you know, uh, making everything really, really hard on what the Warriors do because usually you see the Warriors, you know, free-flowing up and down the court. Um, and Durant had to really, you know, have to really do a lot of uh, a create creating off the dribble, um, you know, just because of who he is and, and how his game is put together. Um, on the other side of the Western Conference, you got the Denver Nuggets and the uh, Portland Trailblazers. I think that um, you know I like Denver. You know I like Denver in this series. I, I just think that um, you know they're going to really you know show that they're more talented than the Portland Trailblazers. I mean what you know uh, Nikola Jokic did in Game Four. Um, you know he, he had his fourth triple double in the playoffs. You know um, you know um, right right after they lost in four overtimes against the Portland Trailblazers. So this series has been one of those, you know, um, series, if you don't pay attention to it, you're missing out on some, on some pretty good basketball, man. Um, the only players in NBA history to record four triple doubles in their first 11 playoff games are Magic Johnson and Oscar Robinson, and now Nikola Jokic, you know? So that's not really bad company to have. I got Wacko Bob in the building with me. Wacko Bob was good.
it's uh, definitely uh, you know a um, uh, a new a new day. Yes, it is uh, to quote something from wrestling. But uh, for the most part, I gotta say that it's been uh, it's been it's been good. It's been good. I can't uh, can't complain about it. It's um, <clears throat> so you know it's uh, you know a time you know you know it's. You know, you know, it's time to really work. Time to really, uh, uh, you know, uh, find the things that are going to move the network forward. And a lot of people will be getting a chance to hear that uh, after the show here today, when we uh, when we talk a little bit more, when uh, people get to hear about the state of the net network. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the, uh, the state of the network comes on uh, immediately after um, the show tonight. So hang out. You know what I mean? Get to hear what's going on with the network and. Uh, how things are going to proceed moving forward. So check us out, man. State of the Network, Wacko Bob, Action VR, definitely in the building. Immediately following after Further Review 2.0, a.k.a. the Sound Round Pass. Yeah, so, man, um, you know, I mean, as far as the NBA playoffs are concerned, man, you know, we're getting what we wanted out of the Eastern Conference, man. Um, just wish that, you know, the Boston Celtics would kind of, you know, show up a little bit more. But I think this Milwaukee is just too... You know, too too uh too powerful for them. You know. Oh yeah. And, and um, as far as the, the Sixers oh, yeah. and the Raptors are concerned, I mean, this series is going to probably end up going seven games, and I still think Toronto is going to win. Um, I well, like. Well, we've got a lot of people are not seeing. You know, the fact that we are on we are on uh, the NBA. You know, uh, you know, t- uh, you know, um, moving on. You know, and turning another corner again, which is why. They, you're seeing a lot of what you're seeing with a lot of teams you normally would not expect to see it with because new players, new and new situations are really starting to come around. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, again, like you said, you know, this season to me, like I said, you know, from the beginning, this season is going to be a tax write-off. We're just kind of waiting to see what you know what's going to happen at the end of the season, and you know, with, with the you know the draft lottery and. You know the um, NBA draft and you know free agency. You, you know you just kind of want to get this season over with. You know because next season is going is really when it's going to start to tell the uh, the NBA is going in a new direction or not. You know because all those those free agency situations will be settled. You know what I mean? LeBron will you know have you know whatever he's going to have, and um, these teams are going to move forward. I remember you know not too long ago people were talking about the East was garbage. You know, all those years when LeBron was in the East, they were saying the East was garbage, you know. And, um, I mean, you, you, you can halfway tend to believe them because the same team went to the, you know, Cleveland Cavaliers and the Miami Heat was in the finals. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we're talking a period, yeah, you're talking a period of eight years. Later. Yeah, so, so, so those, those, those are the only, you know, teams, in the, you know, from the Eastern Conference in, in the finals. I mean, you had, you know, you had uh, Oklahoma City. You had uh, San Antonio, you know what I'm saying? You had Golden State, you know what I mean? So, I mean, you had, you know, a little bit of variety in the West, but basically it was the same, you know, it was LeBron and whoever, whatever team he was on. That's who was going to the finals. You know what I'm saying? So, again, man, it's, it's good to see, you know, a, a finals, you know, without, you know, because, you know, LeBron is on the, on the downside of his career, so this is what it's going to look like in a couple of years anyway. You know what I mean? Without you know, without LeBron or whatever. But I just think, man, um, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Golden State didn't you know win the NBA championship. I would not be surprised at all because, like I said, this is a tax write-off season. Um, 
as far as Golden State is concerned, you know, with DeMarcus Cousins, um, you know, wanting to get back into the lineup and, and play. I think, you know, whatever, you know, DeMarcus Cousins is going to bring now is going to bring, like, he's just, you know, putting his, um, his, uh, his, his, his talent on display for free agency right now. You know, helping Golden State get to a title, I think that, you know, um, he's going to have to really get in basketball shape. You know, he's in, then he's out. He's in, then he's out. Um, and I think that right now, if, if Golden State is going to get past this hump for the Houston Rockets in the Western Conference in the second round, then I think that DeMarcus Cousins should just basically kind of just hold, out, hold, hold it down until, you know, maybe the Western Conference Finals if uh, Golden State gets that far. And that's a big if. That's a very big if, because, um, you know, last night and the night before last, <clears throat> I was saying about, talking about as far as the Houston Rockets and, and Golden State was concerned, that it's Houston Rockets, Golden State um, game, game four was going to be a referendum on the Houston Rockets in the entire season. All those 30-point games that James Harden had, the Carmelo situation earlier in the year, Chris Paul, you know, being, you know, injured again. Can they get back to the Western Conference Finals? Can they, you know, overtake Golden State? All those questions. They won. They won that game. They won game four against Golden State. They beat them. Now, the question reverts back to Golden State. Because, again, in the Houston Rockets, you have a very, very different team than you had last year. It's the simple fact that Chris Paul is back, and, and, and he's doing, you know, what he needs to do. And um, now the onus is on the Golden State Warriors. They've got their legacy to worry about. The season, the, the series is tied, two games apiece. Golden State has got their legacy to worry about. They don't want to go back to Houston down, down three games to two. So the same, you know, um, importance that we were putting on the Houston Rockets to win in game four, now that, you know, importance has been turned up a notch for Golden State in Game 5. You know, they're looking at, you know, they're looking at a whole bunch of situations if they lose this game at home against the Houston Rockets in Game 5 or the Western Conference second round. You know, and, and nobody might not be talking about it, but I think that, you know, um, you know you're going to hear that conversation and you hear it here first. This is what we do. You know, um, you know, you got to worry about that because, you know, Steph Curry's not, you know, playing up to his standard. You know, Clay Thompson's not playing up to his standard. You know, like I just said, you know, Kevin Durant is the only one that's really, really, you know, doing outstanding things for Golden State. Um, and everybody else is kind of playing, you know, um, below their capabilities if you're going to keep it on it, you know. And, and, and uh, you know, the Houston Rockets are, are not waiting. They're not going to wait for anybody. They're not going to wait for, you know, Golden State to figure it out, you know. And this season has been kind of off for Golden State all year anyway. You know, so, again, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, the Golden State Warriors don't, you know, don't, uh, you know, win the NBA title this year. I wouldn't be surprised. Because this season is just like it's it's a it's a write off, man. They're waiting to get up out of there. They're waiting to see, you know, how the uh, how how the chips are going to fall when they do. You know, who's going to be there next year? Who's not? You know what I'm saying? And I think that that has had an effect on how um, the Golden State Warriors approach. You know, this season. You know, earlier in the year when you know uh, Draymond and 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 KD was going through it. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's a whole it's a whole bunch of stuff, man. That's all culminating 
I think right now, and and they have a lot of things to think about before they go into this uh, <clears throat> this game five um, between the uh, Houston Rockets and the Golden State Warriors. Man, I I don't, I don't know, man. You know, if you know people like to be dramatic about things, I'm not going to be dramatic about it. I'm just going to you know say you know it is what it is, man. It's what it is. You know, as far as you know, with Houston and James Harden, you know he wasn't really good in the in, in the previous series against Utah. <clears throat> Excuse me, and he was just okay in the first two games of this series against Golden State. Okay, you know, worrying about calls or really, you know, instead of you know making shots and getting them to the rim, you know. But in these last couple of games where you know the Rockets have had their backs to the wall, you know, we've seen the James Harden who we you know been seeing earlier in the year. He averaged over thirty nine and a half points in Game Three and Four. Um, he really wasn't shooting all of that. You know, his just percentage wasn't all that great. But um, you know he's back to you know you know putting the, putting the ball up you know putting it up instead of you know waiting to get fouled you know what I mean and and so I think that um you know what he's got to do is he's got to get to the rim a little bit more often as opposed to just you know pulling up you know taking that jumper and waiting for the referee to help him out you know um you know he's averaging thirty five point eight points a game in the series seven and a half rebounds and five assists he's also playing deep. You know, and um, I think that, you know, from what I've seen out of James Harden in this series and, and how he's played Kevin Durant, he's made life really, really hard for him. You know, I think that, um, you know, Harden and those guys have made life, you know, tougher for, for Golden State. And now Golden State is looking in the mirror. You know, their legacy might be on the line. And nobody's probably said that. Nobody said it, but I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. They, the Golden State Warriors' legacy might be on the line, you know. They're even in the series, you know, where they at, they back to square one. So it's not like they, you know, have a have a, have a, a, a leg to stand on here. They don't need to go down three games to two going back to Houston. They don't need that in their life. So with the same boat that we had Houston in the night before, we're going to have Golden State in tonight. They're, they're looking at, you know, their situation, what they have to do. And when they um, play that game five, against the um, Houston Rockets, man. A lot is on the line in that game. They don't want to go down 3-2. They don't want to be down 3-2. telling you. Um, as far as, you know, the Denver Nuggets and um, Portland Trailblazers, man, Jamal Murray, 22 years old, you know, point guard for Denver Nuggets. He's playing in his first NBA playoff. He's hit so many big shots for Denver on this, you know, postseason run. Um, you know, those six straight free throws down the stretch of game four against Portland. Um, he really, you know, did his thing, man. Um, he, he, he stays with, you know, 34 points, you know what I mean? In game four and 34 points in game three. So, you know, he's doing his numbers, man. He's averaging over 21 points. Um, his shooting percentage is decent, you know, but I think that it's more about the, you know, the long stretches of, 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 of high quality basketball that he's played. He's made a lot of high pressure shots. You know, um, and he takes those shots, even when the shot's not going in. You know, um, he's only 22 years old, you know what I mean? But um, when he's been on his game, um, which he has been on during this playoff run, he's, he's been really, 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 really good. Uh, so shout-out to um, Jamal Murray, man. Um, Jimmy Butler, you know, doing his thing, you know, of course. You know, um, I think that, you know, besides Butler being the Sixers' most consistent offensive weapon, um, he he's the guy who kind of you know st stirs the drink if we can use that term. Um, you know I I mean you know Ben Simmons you know he's neither here nor there. 
You know, he can't really be depended on to really, you know, um, bring any kind of consistent offense to the table. And Tobias Harris is, is more suited to play a back uh, a background role. You know what I mean? Jimmy Butler is that guy who could create um, on the perimeter, you know, make those tough shots. You know what I mean? Uh, deal with the pick and roll and, and, and two-man action with Joel Embiid. And he can get to the rim. You know, um, he doesn't really have those numbers that, you know, jump out at you. Right, his playoff number is 18 points a game, 30% from three. I mean, and 46.5% from the field. But he plays winning basketball, and that's I think that's the most important part, man. Um, you know, you got to give it up to guys like Jimmy Butler, those guys that who you know you would like to have on your team if you you know if you were out there playing. You know, he's he's one of the guys that I would like to have on my team, man. This is after further review, man. 2.0, aka the sideline pass, man. Uh, 954-246-0398 is the mathematics, man. I'm still talking a little NBA playoff basketball. You know, we got the Eastern Conference and Western Conference second rounds going on. Um, Right now, we got a score update. The Toronto Raptors lead the Philadelphia 76ers in game five in Toronto, 23-19, about two and a half minutes to go in the first quarter. So, yeah, man, I think that, you know, whatever um, Toronto does in this series, man, they, you know, they got to win tonight. I think they, you know, they win tonight. And um, they get a chance to close out the Sixers, man. I think they should do it. You know, and as far as the Sixers are concerned, man, um, they can't, you know, rest them in laurels. They have to really, really play tough. I think they have to kind of um, get into Kawhi. But they need some people to step up, you know. Uh, ben Simmons has got to step up. He's got to help Jimmy Butler out. And B has got to, you know, make his presence felt. You know what I mean? Sick or not, this is when you play these games. And you know what you're going to get out of Kawhi Leonard on the other side. Can he get some help from Kyle Lowry? You know what I mean? Gasol, you know what I mean? Uh, Pascal Siakam, can those guys help, you know, Kawhi Leonard and them uh, get to a, 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 a uh, game five win. All right? This is what we're doing, man. This is what we're doing. This is how we chopping it up. 954 is the math. Or I can chop it up, man. You know how I give it up, man. I like to do what I do. Wacko Bob is behind the board holding me down. You know what I'm saying? Um, and uh, we're not going to take no pause to the cause just yet. Nah, yet. Nah, yet. Nah, yet. We're going to uh, talk a little NHL, man. Get into the Stanley Cup thing. You know, you already know. Shout out to the Boston Bruins, man. They're in the Eastern Conference Finals. All right. They got rid of, uh, they got rid of Columbus and all of that. But, um, you know, um, again, the Carolina Hurricanes, the way they walk through the Islanders, you know, that, that just, made me, just made me think about, you know, a lot of um, – you know, when you don't really pay attention to a team that much and and, and they come up and, and, and a team that, you know, really, you know, um, you didn't expect to do much in the New York Islanders because, you know, they lost John Tavares. He went to Toronto and they thought that they were going to fall apart. They didn't really know what the situation was going on as far as, you know, where they even want to call home, you know. But, um, you know, I think that they made this season with the – the um, sweep over the Pittsburgh Penguins in the first round, you know, um, but getting swept, you know, wasn't really expected, you know. Um, the Hurricanes, the seventh seed in the playoffs, making his first, you know, appearance in the playoffs in, you know, over 10 years, you know. So um, a couple of reasons why the Islanders couldn't do it against the Carolina Hurricanes is one of them is simple. They couldn't score. You know, it's hard to win if you don't score. You know, the Islanders just couldn't get any offense in the series. They scored five goals in four games. You know, they got shut out in the first game. 
you know, um, of those five goals, um, two of them came in even strength, you know, and one of them was, I think, was a uh, Brock Nelson. He scored at the end of game four when the series was basically over, and the other three came on the power play. So, I mean, you know, um, the Islanders, you know, they they just kind of stunk it up, man. They they kind of, you know, maybe just left it all against, you know, in the series against uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, you know, they, they just basically couldn't get anything going on. Jordan Eberle and uh, Matthew Barzell, they did their thing in the first spurt, but they were kind of kind of completely shut down in the second round. Barzell had two goals, and Eberle had three assists, and all of that came on the power play. They didn't do anything at even strength. You know what I mean? Um, you know, it, you know, Bar, you know, Eberle, you know, um, scored in every game in round one, but he didn't do anything in the goals department in round two. You know, um, you know, uh, talking about anything, you know, uh, regarding momentum for the Islanders, they lost it early. You know, um, you know what happened with Carolina, you know, with with, with the Washington Capitals in, in their first round series. I think that that momentum from um, that that situation with with with, um, with um, Ovechkin when he knocked the kid out, I think that still has something. You know, that's still on their mind in Carolina. You know what I mean? They took that, they took that personally and I ain't mad at them, you know, and, and they're playing with a chip on their shoulder, man. And I think that, um, Carolina, you know, they were very resilient and, and they came back and they showed and proved that they're not, you know, doing it, you know, you know, taking this thing for granted. Like I think the Islanders may have, I think the Islanders are going to learn from it. You know, um, you know, they, 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 they swept Pittsburgh, which is unexpected. And um, they kind of rested on their laurels and, and got, you know, um, swept out of here by a team that had, you know, better legs, you know. Um, you know, they, they finished the game stronger. You know, that's what Carolina did. You know, um, the Islanders, you know, we talked about their offensive struggles. But I think that, um, you know, it, it was really, really kind of, you know, showing, especially at the end of games, how, you know, Carolina would explode and 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 add on, you know, insult to injury to what the New York Islanders were doing, um, you know, and and it was a change of venue, you know, you know they played the first round home games at the Nassau Coliseum, um, they played um, the series against Carolina in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center, you know, and um, you know, I, I mean, you know, I, I just thought that you know the home, the momentum kind of really dropped off. It was really really loud at the Nassau Coliseum. You know, and I don't think that, you know, they really had that same advantage at the Barclays Center. You know, um, you know, I think it was really noticeable the first two games of the series. And um, it, it, it might, you know, we might have to ask, you know, what would have happened if they would have played, you know, that second round series at the Nassau Coliseum. You know, they had one of the strongest home ice advantages in the playoffs, and then they just gave it away kind of. You know what I mean? They went from the Nassau Coliseum to the Barclays Center, which is not really, you know, a hockey a friendly situation for them. And I think that might have contributed them to them getting swept as well. All right. This is after further review, man, 2.0, AKA the sideline pass. We're going to take a pause for the cause. We come back. We're going to get into some baseball. We're going to talk about the, um, Daniel Jacobs, Canola Alvarez fight. Talk about some WNBA stuff. And, um, that's what we're going to do, man. Pause for the cause. man. It's after further review, 2.0, AKA the sideline pass. The mirrors in the building at 10 o'clock. Rock with me.
Canadian Aquatic Auctions, the place to be if you are into anything aquatic. Nelson Fletcher, owner and operator, has years of experience and wants to help you better achieve your aquatic needs and goals. So if you're an aquatic hobbyist and enthusiast, please visit Canadian Aquatic Auctions today. Their public auctions provide a venue to remarket all aquatic-related products, services, and equipment. If you are just starting out in the hobby, the site has a tack room where you can converse with other aquatic hobbyists like yourself. Canadian Aquatic Auctions is the eBay of everything aquatic. So visit Nelson at his site at www.aquariumauctions.ca or go check out his Facebook page as well at www.facebook.com slash Canadian Aquatic Sales. Together we can build lasting relationships that are based on listening and servicing your needs in a professional environment. Canadian Aquatic Auctions. This is Rex Scott of the band X-Center. I don't need to tell you how much porn dominates the internet. It is so spiritually destructive, and it's easy to get hooked, but there is a way out. Log on to the number one Christian porn site, triplexchurch.com, and download free accountability software, or get involved with Triple X Church's online recovery support, triplexchurch.com. Say no to the bunny and become an X-Sinner. What if I didn't come from a famous family? What if I didn't have all their support? What if I couldn't finish my education? What if I didn't have all these opportunities? Believe me, it wouldn't be pretty. Pause before you play. Do you want to capture the best memories you can? Is wanting to preserve those memories your goal? Do you want your memories to last a lifetime? Do you want your memories to look beautiful in pictures? Well, if you live in Southern Oregon or Northern California, there's one place that you can save those treasures for a lifetime. Grateful Heart Photography. Abigail Summers is your solution for capturing your favorite moments and memories like birthdays, graduations, weddings, family portraits, single shots, and more. She can also capture the finest scenery shots around and make them available all across the country and around the world at a price that can suit your budget. So if you're looking for the right photographer that can preserve your legacy, look no further than Abigail Summers at Grateful Heart Photography. Call Abby at 541-890-4657 or message her at her Facebook page by searching Grateful Heart Photography. Much of her work is displayed there. Feel grateful for the memories captured by Grateful Heart Photography. My name's James. For six years, I was a garbage can druggie. I would do any kind of drug I would get my hands on. But here at Teen Challenge, I've walked away from that drug lifestyle for good. If you know an adult or teenager who is struggling with a chemical addiction, Teen Challenge is there to help. Please, don't wait. Call us today at 417-862-6969 or reach us on the web at teenchallengeusa.com. I'm Marie Osmond. Choices. Some are minor, others life-changing. But what if your small choices matter the most, like the stairs or the elevator, baked or fried? What if these small choices determine if you'll be the one out of every three women who die of heart disease this year? These choices might not seem life-changing today, but women are dying of heart disease at the rate of almost one per minute. Luckily, it's mostly preventable. Choose to act. Our hearts, our choice. Make your choice at GoRedForWomen.org.
It may not happen in six months. It may not happen in a year. It may not happen in two years. But at some point, my dream is going to become a reality. The Harley Race Wrestling Academy, the greatest wrestling school on God's green earth, where champions aren't born, they're made. If you have the passion, the motivation, and the dream to become a professional wrestler, then make the right decision. Investing in your future starts right here at the Harley Race Wrestling Academy. For more information, go to harleyrace.com. Make your choice right now. Skis Watch and Clock, 106 West Central Avenue, Winter Haven, Florida, 33880. Located downtown across from the main post office. When you're short on time, he's right on time. For all of your watch, clock, sales, and service needs, call Skis, 863-294-5630. Sales, service, free estimates, and reasonable rates. That's 863-294-5630 for Skis Watch and Clock.
right, boom, we back in the building, man. This is after further review 2.0, aka the Sauron Pass, live and direct on the Action VR Network, courtesy Mixer.com. We got the mayor in the building, man. 954-246-0398 is the math, man. Um, <clears throat> it's a game seven going on right now in the Stanley Cup playoffs. You got the Dallas Stars tied up with the St. Louis Blues, about three minutes to play in the first period. Game is tied at one. I um yeah, man. Um as you all know, I'm a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan, yo, and that's been my team, you know, ever since the beginning, um, you know, and it seems like sometimes that, you know, my team, and I call it my team because that's my team, you know, and um, it seems like we're snake bit, you know, it seems like we can never, you know, get out of our own way at times, you know, we, you know, we have, you know, a Super Bowl championship <clears throat> that we can, you know, you know, brag on and talk about. Um, and it's been a couple of years where we felt like, you know, we should have been in, in the champion, in the, in the Super Bowl, but, you know, we didn't make it do the, you know, one thing or another. Um, but when it comes to just, you know, having, you know, hard luck, you know, teams go through, you know, um, periods where, you know, they, they, they're down and they come back up. And you have teams that are always, you know, always in contention for, you know, playoffs. And, you know, they have that, that they have that history. All right. Then you have Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All right. And I'm speaking about this because I'm hearing the news today about uh, Jason Pierre Paul and um, the injuries that he sustained in the, in the uh, single vehicle automobile crash. Um, it might be worse than you know, was previously assumed. Um, it's saying that, that Pierre Paul may need neck surgery and that his 2019 season could end before it even gets a chance to start. Um, and that's the type of thing that, you know, you kind of, you know, you hate to see anybody go through, even though, you know, Jason Pierre Paul, you know, he's playing for the Giants. You know, he went through a situation with, um, you know, the fireworks and all of that. But, you know, you hate to see um, things like that happen to anybody, whatever team they play for, man. So, first of all, I hope that, um, you know, he comes back, you know, healthy. You know, forget about football right now. He just has to get his, you know, get his his, his life together, man, as far as, you know, getting his neck right and dealing with, you know, what, can, what happens after that. Um, but it, it, it bothers me, man, because it's my team. It always seems to happen. You know, it happens, you know, things happen to, you know, every team in the league, you know, but it always seems that, you know, just go wrong. I mean, especially like this year where we, you know, go from the, uh, you know, indignity of having, you know, um, a home, you know, home game in week three and not having another home game until week 10. You know what I mean? So, you know, we have to deal with that. You know, we have to deal with being, you know, um, you know, basically one of the worst, you know, teams in the NFL. You know, I said it a couple of weeks ago. I think I talked behind the scenes or it might have been on, on another show where I said, you know, the, the Buccaneers now could be considered like the new Cleveland Browns. You know, even the Cleveland Browns are getting respect. You know what I mean? And, and, and you know, the Buccaneers and, you know, Buffalo Bills or, you know, you know teams like that where we, we're always, you know, finding ourselves, you know, on the short end um, a lot. And um, I especially feel it because I'm a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. But, um, again, I want, you know, Jason Pierre-Paul to – you know, um, you know, get get healthy. You know, um, I'm not even worrying about you know his numbers. He put up some nice numbers for us last year. You know what I'm saying? But we we, we can't worry about that now. 
Um, I think that um, Gerald McCoy becomes a little bit more important now. You know, didn't know what you know what his situation was going to be, and now that we're going to be without Jason Pierre-Paul, I'm I'm thinking that you know maybe you know we might have to go back and and, and revisit the situation with um, Gerald McCoy. Um, as far as the rest of the NFL is concerned, man, I really you know won't get into that, man. They got the you know the rookie things going on, but I just wanted to um, talk about a few free agents that are out there. And uh, what teams that they you know they possibly could um, could end up with you know and, and what might, might seem to be a good match for uh, you know ten ten uh, free agents that are still out there. Um, you know you got guys like Jay Ajayi, Michael Crabtree, Corey Leggett, and Dominic Sue. You know uh, Ezekiel Answer. You know what I mean. You got guys like that. Those those are free agents, man. Just to name a few. Um, that, you know, could end up, you know, possibly, probably end up, you know, um, playing on different teams, you know, come the 2019 season. Um, you know, Muhammad Wilkerson, you know, Jamie Collins, you know, Eric Berry, Morris Claiborne, you know, it's a bunch of guys. But, um, you know, Jay Ajayi might, you know, fit in with Atlanta. You know, um, I think that... um you know, uh, they need somebody to replace Tevin Coleman. You know, um, I think that, um, you know, being a bit, you know, injury prone now, it looks like Jay Ajayi is a little injury prone. But I think that, um, you know, he brings that experience to the table and he's a back that can get some things done. So Jay Ajayi maybe, you know, might, you know, be a nice fit with the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Michael Crabtree, you know, um, you know, Green Bay went heavy on defense early in, in the draft, 2019 draft. They only added a, a third-round tight end, um, Jay Sternberger, all right, to go um, along with Aaron Rodgers and to help out in the passing game. Um, I think that, you know, Green Bay's receiving, you know, their receiving core right now, I think it has a little bit more upside, you know, but I think another red zone target wouldn't hurt. Um, Michael Crabtree, you know, at least brings a reputation for over-the-top catches. You know, one-year low-risk deal, you know, both sides a win. You know, Aaron Rodgers will get a, a proven target, and, and, and Michael Crabtree gets gets to play with an elite quarterback, another elite quarterback, you know. Um, Zico answer, Buffalo Bills. You know, um, Buffalo's not really desperate for a pass rusher. You know, maybe, you know, Tampa Bay, you know, but there's a reason why, you know, um, They've been, you know, um, trying to deal with Ziggy Answer for almost two months now. Um, if they could add him to a line that now includes, you know, um, Ed Oliver, who they got in the first round of the draft, I think that could really, you know, bring Buffalo Bills' defensive line to a to some notoriety. Um, they have cap space, so they can make it happen. You know what I mean? Um, and Answer may want to, you know, a one-year deal to get back on the market. You know what I mean? But regardless, um, it seems like he's a guy who might fit in in Buffalo, you know. Um, Muhammad Wilkinson in the Seattle Seahawks. That sounds like, a, you know, it might be a good match. And that makes, you know, um, some sense there that Ziggy Ansah can, you know, end up maybe in Seattle. But I think that he, you know, his his, his tag is a little bit too much for Seattle's blood. Um, I think that um, Wilkinson, you know, he could swing, he can bounce inside and outside, like Michael Bennett, none of used to do. Um, I think that um, 
they're going to need somebody, you know, as a as a insurance plan um, because, you know, they got rid of uh, Frank Clark. So they're going to need somebody to 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 fill that spot. Um, you know, he's, he's also a guy that has some injury concerns, but I think he's the, the type of guy that they can plug in at, at a particular spot for a particular time, and he could, you know, he could do well. Um, Corey Leggett, um, the New England Patriots, yeah. You know, uh, you already know Bill Belichick has a history with, um, you know, guys used to play for the Chargers on the defensive side. You know, Rodney Harrison, the late Junior Seau, you know. And um, while Regan doesn't carry that same weight, um, he will, you know, feel a need for some help on the interior. You know, um, the Patriots, you know, they always give, you know, well-known veterans a shot. You know, um, Michael Bennett should really give them some flexibility, though, um, you know, after, you know, the Trey Flowers has, you know, left the team. But I think that, you know, Corey Leggett could find a prominent role, you know, on that defense in New England, you know. And, um, again, you know, what's better than signing up, you know, for trying to get a Super Bowl with, with the, uh, you know, with the defending champs. Um, and Dominic Sue, Indianapolis Colts. You know, um, I think, you know, you never really hear about the Colts, you know, really balling out free agency, you know what I mean? Um, I think that, you know, the draft now is behind them and, you know, now, you know, they, uh, you know, they did their depth chart, um, on the defensive tackle side of things, you know, outside of Marcus Hunt, it's kind of like, you know, it's whoever, you know, um, I think that, you know, um, if you can get somebody that can bring some extra juice to that defensive line, I think it would be in Dominic Sue. All right, they already went, you know, to to satisfy their need on the edge with Justin Houston. So and I think it would be out of character to have a uh, guy like, you know, Indomitian Sue on a team that really looks like it can contend, and it will contend in 2019. Um, Derek Morgan, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, you know, I think, you know, this one fits really, really, really well, if you ask me. The draft came and went. You know, I think, you know, Pittsburgh really didn't address, their, you know, their need for pass rush and depth. Um, and, you know, they haven't been, you know, shy of taking, you know, uh, chances on, you know, veterans in recent years. Um, I think that, you know, Derek Morgan, he played, you know, um, at, 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 with the Tennessee Titans under Dick LeBlow. So he's, he's familiar uh, with, you know, that type of situation. But um, I guess, you know, you know he, he, has, a, he has a chance to, to link up, but I think Pittsburgh might be a good situation for him. Um, Jamie Collins, Kansas City Chiefs. I think that, um, you know, Collins seems like a, a, a nice fit that Andy Reid would love to have, you know, on that, on that defense. Um, the Chiefs, their linebacker situation isn't really bad, but, I mean, they have some money to spare. They can't afford to find a place um, the fit in their linebacker rotation with Jamie Collins, especially um, linebacker was the one position that Kansas City did not um, deal with in the draft. All right, they've already been you know aggressive um, in upgrading their defense, so why not you know just you know finish it off and with a guy like Jamie Collins, didn't you know to, to go with your, in your linebacker core. Um, Morris Claiborne, you know I think you know he probably will. You know, do his thing with the Jets, man. I think that, you know, um, every team could use a little bit more corner depth. But I think that, you know, um, 
Claiborne is, you know, he's he's decent. You know, he's not really spectacular, but he's decent. You know, and um, I think that you know, if, if regardless of how long it takes to get that deal figured out, I think that you know he'll 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 probably end up staying with the Jets, man. You know, um, Eric Berry, Cleveland Browns. I mean, you could make a case for San Francisco here, but I think that um, there's there are too many connections. You know what I mean? To to ignore this. You know, um, looks 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 like the Eric Berry could you know uh, link up with the Cleveland Browns. Um, you know, first you got John Dorsey. You know, he was the guy that was you know had Eric Berry for years in Kansas City. Now he's running the show in Cleveland. All right. Um, and secondly, the Browns were trying to get Earl Thomas early in the off season, and so they're still trying to you know uh, upgrade that position. Obviously, so you know, and and then the third and lastly. And I think what would be most important, they got the money to make it work, you know. And so, um, again, you'd be competing with guys like maybe a Morgan Burnett or something like that. So I think Eric Berry could step in and, um, you know, handle a situation in Cleveland. So, yeah, man, we just wanted to talk a little bit, a little NFL, man. Get your mouth watery, 2019 season and all that. All right. We live and direct right here, man. It's after further review, 2.0, a.k.a. the Sideline Pass. You got the mayor in the building. Blacko Bob is on the set, lamping, waiting for the Miami Dolphins season to start and all that. Um, yeah, um, score update, man. Toronto Raptors lead the Philadelphia 76ers 49-37, about three minutes to go in the first half. All right, we're going to talk a little baseball, man. Um... Yeah, we're gonna get back into into um the basketball thing. But um I wanna talk a little baseball, man. And uh get into that a little bit because again, man, people, you know, they always, you know, jump out the window, talk about their team winning the World Series in April and May. That's that's all good. It's it's nice to talk about and have something to talk about. But to me, you know, the first, you know, part of the season where you could kind of you know, make a determination of where your team is going to be is Memorial Day, right? And before the season started, I had you the live in a large um, city. Busy New York Yankees winning the American League East. I had the Minnesota Twins winning the American League Central. I had the Houston Astros winning the American League West with Boston and Cleveland being wild cards. Um, we're going to talk about the top 10 teams a little bit right now getting to some baseball or should I do the scores first? Yeah, I'm my baseball people. I'm gonna do the scores first. Get y'all caught up with the scores and then we're gonna talk about some teams in, in, in major league baseball. Um top of the ninth in Cleveland, the White Sox lead the Cleveland Indians two to nothing. Bottom of the six in Pittsburgh, the Pirates lead the Rangers five to two. Top of the six in Baltimore, the Red Sox lead the Orioles six to three. All right, that's what's going on so far. And end of the seventh inning in Toronto, you got the Twins leading the Blue Jays three to nothing. Top of the sixth in Tampa, the Rays lead the Diamondbacks two to one. Somebody said that that was a World Series preview. <laughs> They're crazy. Bottom of the sixth in Detroit, the Angels lead the Tigers four to two. Top of the fifth in Milwaukee, no score between the Nationals and the Brewers. Bottom of the fourth in St. Louis, the Cardinals trail the Phillies six nothing. 
Top of the third at Wrigley, the Marlins lead the Cubs 2-1. to one. Top of the third in Houston, the Royals lead the Astros 2-0. Top of the second in Colorado, the Rockies lead the Giants 1-0. Top of the seventh is delayed at Yankee Stadium because uh, it's, you know, it's a rain. Uh, Mariners lead the Yankees 2-1. to one. 10 o'clock, first pitch out in Oakland between the Cincinnati Reds and the Oakland A's. 10-10, first pitch in San Diego, the New York Mets and the San Diego Padres, and 10 the Atlanta Braves are visiting the Los Angeles Dodgers. Yeah, man, as far as you know, um, I really don't get off into baseball until uh, Memorial Day. We start worrying about, you know, our picks and what our picks are looking like and things of that nature. But, um, again, you know, I, I like to talk baseball because that's my favorite sport. And, and and people that talk baseball, man, sometimes they get a little boring for me because they like to get into this analytical stuff instead of just looking at the game for what it is. And they like to make themselves think that they know what they're talking about. So I just look at them and nod my head like I'm paying attention when I'm really not. When all you got to say is what looks good to you and what doesn't. Um, Milwaukee Brewers. I mean, um, you know, Zach Davies. You know, he pitched a nice game on Sunday. He's now 4-0 with a 1.56 ERA. The Milwaukee Brewers, I like them actually to win the National League Central. Their record is 21-16. and um, You know, they're doing what they can. I think they got uh, went and picked Gio Gonzalez back up. I really don't know how that's going to help their rotation. Uh, maybe he could just give them some innings because I don't know why they got rid of him in the first place. Um Philadelphia Phillies, Zach Elfins has only allowed two earned runs in 16 innings in his last two starts. Aaron Nola, you know, he's kind of stepped his game back up. He's had two really encouraging outings in a row. The Phillies, you know, in first place, and, you know, several players are bound to get better on offense, including Bryce Harper. You know, things are going, you know, as well as could be expected. It could be a little bit better, but it's going as well as could be expected for the Philadelphia Phillies right now. Um, Arizona Diamondbacks. You know, um, they had won 14 to 18 games, you know, before they, you know, gave up the GOAT on Sunday. Um, but those only losses going to the um, Chicago Cubs are really actually getting hot right now. Arizona, you know, did some things against the Yankees, you know what I mean, and, and, and kind of made the Yankees look bad, even though, you know, CC got his 3,000 career strikeout and all that. It didn't make up for the fact that Arizona, you know, beat up on my Yankees out there. All right. Um, St. Louis Cardinals. Um you know, they got, you know, they got swept and, you know, and, uh, you know, it was, it was pretty, pretty bad for them. And again, like we talked about before the season started, the National League Central is going to be, um, you know, if not the best division in baseball, you know, the best, because you've got four teams that are really could do something. You got the Cardinals, you got the Cubs, right? You got the Pirates and you got the Milwaukee Brewers. So, Again, you know, that that division is going to be crazy all summer long, man. So pay attention to that. I got the St. Louis Cardinals going to the World Series. You know, remember that I said that the St. Louis Cardinals going to the World Series against the Yankees. Um, Houston Astros. Um, Garrett Cole, 65 strikeouts, man. And, um, you know, he does what he does. You know, um, he went seven scoreless innings the last time out. You know, um, and I think that he's one of the um, one of the guys that kind of you know pretty really pretty much put it together for Houston. You know what I mean? As far as their pitching, you know, to go along with the Burlanders and those guys. You know, um, Garrett Cole is, is is really doing his numbers, and I think he he needed to get out 
uh, of Pittsburgh so he can kind of like, you know, grow up and, and, and blossom. And he's doing that in, in pressure situations, you know, uh, every night when he goes out there for the Houston Astros. Um, the Minnesota Twins. Um, I mean, you know, Marlon Gonzalez is, is not really doing, you know, what he, you know, um, thought he could do. You know, even though he went two for four on Sunday, his numbers are still kind of pathetic. But the Minnesota Twins are still doing their numbers, man. And um, I like what they're doing. They, they're my pick to win the American League Central because I didn't think that uh, the Cleveland Indians were going to really make any noise. You know, you know Lindor was going to be out. He's back now. And, um, you know, having to deal with what they have to deal with, I think the Minnesota Twins are, you know, the stronger, the stronger team in the American League Central. Um, my New York Yankees. No, we didn't with, you know, a, a, um, a really, really long injury list. You know, now James Paxton is, on, is, is hurt. Um, Domingo Herman, 2.35 ERA in 38 and a third innings. I mean, you know, somebody's got to step up. And, you know, that's, what, that's what's happening with the Yankees right now. You know, everybody's, you know, stepping up. And uh, trying to, you know, contribute, and, and you like to see that, you know, and you really don't even, you know, miss guys like John Carlos Stanton or Aaron Judge when, you know, you're, when you're when you're winning and, and and everybody's contributing. So if you can count on those guys to kind of, you know, um, you know, make some things happen for you now, you know, that that kind of, you know, bodes well for the remainder of the season. You know how, you know, when the stretch run is, you could, you know, rely on these guys if they've been in situations. Um, six and four in the last 10 games for the Yankees won two in a row. I mean, you know, it is what it is. We're still two games behind the Tampa Bay Rays, but I'm not really worried about that. You know, um, look at the Boston Red Sox, you know, they were, you know, a couple of weeks ago, they were really doing bad, but now they're trying to get it together. You know, um, Toronto Blue Jays, you know, they lost three in a row now since, you know, they had, um, uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. They were hot off of that and then they lost three in a row. So I guess they're back to normal. Um, talking again about the American League Central, the Minnesota Twins, they lead the division by three games over Cleveland, five over Detroit. And again, you know, we've got the whole, you know, the whole, you know, summer to talk about what's going to go on as far as baseball is concerned. But um, in the American League West, the Houston Astros are doing their numbers. Seattle, you know, they started off really, really hot. Now they, you know, kind of come back to earth. Um, the Texas Rangers at 500, the Angels, you know, get, they're going to get Otani back. So hopefully they can get their thing together. And the Oakland A's, what happened to them? You know, they're 15 and 21 right now, two and eight in the last 10. So, um, you know, they got to get their thing together. Remember last year, man, they were, they were right on the Yankees tail all season long. They were right there with the Yankees all season. Um, and this year is not really started off well for the Oakland A's. Um, in the National League, the Philadelphia Phillies doing their numbers, all right, um, six and four in their last ten. You know, Bryce Harper is not really, you know, lighting it up, you know, as of late. But they're, you know, doing what they need to do, man. They, you know, they're hanging on to uh, a game and a half lead over the Atlanta Braves. The Braves are the team that I picked to win that division. And the New York Mets are right there. Even though the Mets are under 500 right now, they're three and a half games back. They got a four-game losing streak, so they have to – get some things together, man, because a lot of people like them as a uh, dark horse. But, you know, Robinson Cano is, is, is out, and um, they have some other things that are going on. But Peter Alonzo is having a great year. Just imagine if, you know, if, if everybody was right for the Mets to go along with Peter Alonzo, they'd be, you know, right there in, in the mix. But it's still early, you know, because Washington is six games under 500. 
you know, so they're, they're going to get that together. Um, we talked about the National League Central. St. Louis Cardinals have a half-game lead over the Chicago Cubs. You know, with the hottest team in the division is the Milwaukee Brewers. And their game, their game back, they, um, they won four in a row. So, you know, that division is going to be crazy all summer long. And then the National League West, the Dodgers are holding that down, a two-game lead over the Arizona Diamondbacks and a two-and-a-half game lead over the San Diego Padres. Um, are the Padres for real? Do, do we believe in the San Diego Padres? You know, get back at me, man. You know, uh, as far as the Padres are concerned, get back at me on July the 1st. We'll see where the Padres are on July the 1st. You know, uh, I mean, Manny Machado, has he made a difference? I think so. I think he's made a difference. But as far as, you know, making a difference, you know, um, you know, for to extend out through the season, the, the jury is still out on that. The jury is, is, is definitely still out on uh, if Manny Machado can make a, a, that much of a, a difference for the San Diego Padres this season. All right? Um, that's what's going on right now, man. This is After Further Review 2.0, a.k.a. the South Round Pass, doing what we do. Um, again, you know, Otani uh, is returning to the Angels lineup. Okay, he's the the uh, guy that goes both ways for the Los Angeles Angels. He um, he's a uh, starting pitcher, and he's a, a DH, so he pitches and he hits. So yeah, man. So um, as far as you know, the baseball thing, you know, is concerned. You can always get at me, man. I'm on Twitter. I definitely like to chop it up. We talk baseball, man, and and I do my thing with it. But yeah, Shohei Otani, man, is going to make his uh, 2019 debut. You know what I mean? Um, he's doing that tonight uh, against the Detroit Tigers. Okay, he's still unable to pitch, but he can serve as a designated hitter for the rest of the season after you know coming back from uh, Tommy John surgery. Okay, so yeah, man, so he's back. Um, you know, uh, J.D. Martinez has joined the 200 home run career home run club. Uh, one day, uh, Anthony Rizzo. Did hit you know hit his 200 career home run, so again man you know a lot of things going on in baseball man, and uh, we're gonna keep you uh, up to date and abreast on what's going on, and what's happening in Major League Baseball. This is after further review 2.0 AKA the sideline pass, um, second period in St. Louis game seven second round Dallas Stars and St. Louis Blues tied up at one. We're gonna take a pause to the cause. We come back. We're gonna talk about whatever it is that we're going to talk about. All right? This is Dr. Further Review 2.0, a.k.a. The Sideline Pass. Get the mirror in the building at 10 o'clock, man. Rock out with me. Canadian Aquatic Auctions, the place to be if you are into anything aquatic. Nelson Fletcher, owner and operator, has years of experience and wants to help you better achieve your aquatic needs and goals. So if you're an aquatic hobbyist and enthusiast, please visit Canadian Aquatic Auctions today. Their public auctions provide a venue to remarket all aquatic-related products, services, and equipment. If you are just starting out in the hobby, the site has a tack room where you can converse with other aquatic hobbyists like yourself. Canadian Aquatic Auctions is the eBay of everything aquatic. 
So visit Nelson at his site at www.aquariumauctions.ca or go check out his Facebook page as well at www.facebook.com slash Canadian Aquatic Sales. Together we can build lasting relationships that are based on listening and servicing your needs in a professional environment. Canadian Aquatic Auctions. This is Rex Scott of the band X-Center. I don't need to tell you how much porn dominates the internet. It is so spiritually destructive, and it's easy to get hooked, but there is a way out. Log on to the number one Christian porn site, triplexchurch.com, and download free accountability software, or get involved with Triple X Church's online recovery support, triplexchurch.com. Say no to the bunny and become an X-Sinner. What if I didn't come from a famous family? What if I didn't have all their support? What if I couldn't finish my education? What if I didn't have all these opportunities? Believe me, it wouldn't be pretty. Pause before you play. Do you want to capture the best memories you can? Is wanting to preserve those memories your goal? Do you want your memories to last a lifetime? Do you want your memories to look beautiful in pictures? Well, if you live in Southern Oregon or Northern California, there's one place that you can save those treasures for a lifetime. Grateful Heart Photography. Abigail Summers is your solution for capturing your favorite moments and memories like birthdays, graduations, weddings, family portraits, single shots, and more. She can also capture the finest scenery shots around and make them available all across the country and around the world at a price that can suit your budget. So if you're looking for the right photographer that can preserve your legacy, look no further than Abigail Summers at Grateful Heart Photography. Call Abby at 541-890-4657 or message her at her Facebook page by searching Grateful Heart Photography. Much of her work is displayed there. Feel grateful for the memories captured by Grateful Heart Photography. My name's James. For six years, I was a garbage can druggie. I would do any kind of drug I would get my hands on. But here at Teen Challenge, I've walked away from that drug lifestyle for good. If you know an adult or teenager who is struggling with a chemical addiction, Teen Challenge is there to help. Please, don't wait. Call us today at 417-862-6969 or reach us on the web at teenchallengeusa.com. I'm Marie Osmond. Choices, some are minor, others life-changing. But what if your small choices matter the most, like the stairs or the elevator, baked or fried? What if these small choices determine if you'll be the one out of every three women who die of heart disease this year? These choices might not seem life-changing today, but women are dying of heart disease at the rate of almost one per minute. Luckily, it's mostly preventable. Choose to act. Our hearts, our choice. Make your choice at GoRedForWomen.org. It may not happen in six months, it may not happen in a year, it may not happen in two years, but at some point, my dream is going to become a reality. The Harley Race Wrestling Academy, the greatest wrestling school on God's green earth, where champions aren't born, they're made. If you have the passion, the motivation, 
the dream to become a professional wrestler, then make the right decision. Investing in your future starts right here at the Harley Race Wrestling Academy. For more information, go to HarleyRace.com. Make your choice right now. Skis Watch and Clock, 106 West Central Avenue, Winter Haven, Florida, 33880. Located downtown across from the main post office. When you're short on time, he's right on time. For all of your watch, clock, sales, and service needs, call Skis, 863-294-5630. Sales, service, free estimates, and reasonable rates. That's 863-294-5630 for Skis Watch and Clock. Yo, we back at the building live and direct. This is After Further Review 2.0, a.k.a. the Sideround Pass. Doing what we do on Tuesday nights, man, from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 954 is the math. Um, I watched the uh, Kentucky Derby <laughs> over the weekend, and, and you think that you've seen everything, and you really haven't seen anything. You know, um, we know how instant replay has affected, you know, baseball, basketball, football, hockey to a certain degree. Um, you know, but you never would think that, you know, instant replay would have to have any type of real effect on a horse, you know, on a horse race. Um, I'm watching, you know, um, the Kentucky Derby. I'm watching, you know, the favorite maximum security um, you know, was doing his thing, you know, had the lead and um 
watching the race like everybody else, and all of a sudden, you know, they like uh, there's you know some you know um, debate about whether uh, maximum security you know uh, crossed over to other lanes, I guess, and he inter- interfered with the other horses, and um, that made a winner out of Country House. So I, I really didn't understand how that went. You know what I mean? I just figured if you went, you know, whoever crosses the finish line first, crosses the finish line first. Um, I think that, you know, um, you know, uh, I, I don't know what to say about that. I never really thought of there would be ever be a situation where, you know, the horse that you, you know, saw win the race didn't win the race. You know, um, you know, shout out to Country House. You know, um, it was you know that horse was long odds to win the race um, when he had you know put his credentials against the, the other uh, horses that ran the Derby. You know they didn't really stand up. Um, I don't know now. You know that Country House has you know won the Kentucky Derby. Now what do you do? You know what I mean? Especially with the way that he's won it. You know, um, you know at the same time, you know our Country House delivered the best performance. On, on the biggest stage of his career, um, despite being, you know, very, very wide on the first turn and on the second turn being, you know, f- wider than that. He was three wide in the first turn and five wide on the second turn, right? Um, I think that, you know, um, I think Country House did what, you know, did what he had to do, you know, and um, I think that, you know, when um, Country House got his, you know, bearings together in the final quarter mile, I think that, you know, he did what he needed to do, you know, and, and again, uh, Country House ran a, ran, a, ran a great race, and, you know, that's the winner of the Kentucky Derby, and, and you can't really say anything about that, you know, and, and that's just how it goes, man, and, um, you know, he, he closed the race the way he was supposed to close it, he rallied from off the pace, he showed a little bit more, you know, speed than he had in previous races, maybe it was the, the whole situation with the, the track, the track was very, very muddy, you know. Um, he raced within five lengths of maximum security throughout the whole, you know, half mile and three quarters of a mile. So in a, in a, in a field that had 19 horses, um, that might have been, you know, the key to his strong performance and, and allowed him to be, you know, clear on the outside at the top of the stretch. So I think that, um, you know, for whatever, you know, argument you want to put up about maximum security, you have to give, um, you know, country houses due. And, um, you know, um, I'm not sure if it's going to, you know, run in, in the Preakness. It's coming up in a couple of weeks. But, um, you know, you got you to give, you know, country house his due. And um, that's your Kentucky Derby champion. All right. This is after further review 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. Yes, we go there sometimes, man. We talk horse racing. I hear Wacko Bob hacking up in, in, in the background back there. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, we talked about horse racing, man. We get into some other things over here. That's what you do, man, when you're in a sports show. Sometimes you got to talk about some different things that, you know, a lot of people won't talk about. That kind of, you know, makes you a little unique. You know what I'm saying? So, again, man, that's what we'd like to do over here. We talk, you know, baseball, basketball, football, hockey, you know, horse racing, golf, all that. You know what I mean? If it's a ball bouncing and somebody's winning and somebody's losing, we want in. All right, so that's how we give it up over here, man. Um, taking it back to the basketball chamber, man, I think that, you know, again, we have a couple of games popping off tonight in the NBA. You got 
the uh, Toronto Raptors and the Philadelphia Sixers. Uh, 64-43, Toronto leads game five at halftime. All right. Then you have a um, series in the Portland Trailblazers and the Denver Nuggets. That game's tonight in Denver. All right. You got uh, game five in that series. All right. Um, so, again, man, it's, it's a lot going on as far as the NBA is concerned. Now I think, you know, you start to get a little bit of these stories leaking out in regards to, you know, the free agency situations. You know, you're hearing about, you know, some people might, you know, want to stay where they're at, you know, as far as Kawhi Lennon and Toronto is concerned. Then, you know, you know, Kyrie can't wait to get out of Boston. So, you know, that's the rumor. You know, so again, um, it's, it's a lot of stuff that's going on as far as um, keeping up with the NBA. Um, as far as, you know, Steve Kerr and his, you know, wanted to uh, reduce the season to 75 games, I think that's a cop out. I think they could still do 82 games. They could start the season later. You know, I, I don't think that they should start the season so, you know, so early. I think they should start the NBA season around Christmas time. I think that that would be the, the perfect time to start the NBA season at, at Christmas. You know, that's when, you know, maybe, you know, basically the NBA have it, you know, to itself unless you have a bowl game here or there or whatever that's going on. Um, and I think that everybody will be into it from the jump. You know, because again, you know, you know the 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 late November thing. You know, November, it, it, it's kind of like, you know, you have to kind of like get caught up. It's like an extension of the of the preseason. You know, so I think if we have a pretty decent preseason, then you know, get jump right into the regular season around Christmas, Christmas Day, Christmas Eve, whatever. Um, and that's just that's the way of the world, man. That's what it is. You know what I'm saying? So because again. Um, you know, all the all, all the uh, all the premier marquee teams play on Christmas Day anyway. So what would be the difference? What would be the difference? You know what I'm saying? So again, I just think that you know a lot of these cats, you know, they 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 they're supposed to be conditioned better and better athletes and better athletically, but they can't you know last to an 82 game NBA season. What's the matter with them? Never heard about this stuff. You know, when 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 Jordan and those guys are playing. They stayed playing 82 games. What's the matter with these guys? They're supposed to be, you know, athletically superior, you know, and, and they can't last an 82-game season. A lot of them can't play a, a, a month straight, you know, that work overload. Now, I, I don't get that. And these guys want, you know, 25 and $30 million and can't play an 82-game season playing basketball, playing basketball. I'm going to say it one more time, playing basketball. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, um, I mean, um, you know, I, I, I don't want to get off into, like, what's going on with the Lakers and, you know, the Tyron Lue thing. I just think that um, as far as that's concerned, that situation will handle itself. You know, Marty Williams got the job in Phoenix. I think that's a good look. I hope that, you know, they give him a shot because you know how I feel about, you know, these these, these coaches and all these, you know, different moves and stuff. They have to give these these guys a chance to 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 make some things happen. Just don't hire them, you know, and then you know one year and then they're in and they're out. You know, you, you have to have some kind of sustainability, you know. And I think that if the Lakers are gonna get Tyron Lue, um, they just gonna have to be prepared for what comes with that, you know. And and and, and I'm speaking on the on the on the LeBron situation, you know. I think that um. 
you know, the Lakers should go in a, in a direction that, that's really um, has somebody that comes in from the outside. You know, you don't want anybody that's, that's kind of, you know, has a history, you know, with LeBron or, you know, has a, has a, ha- could go back and talk about things that happened to them before. He got a ring with Cleveland. You know, Tyron Lue got a ring with Cleveland with, with LeBron. And um, I, I'm not really thinking that they're going to pull off the same magic in L.A., you know, but I don't, I don't know what this situation is as far as, you know, LeBron, you know, and, and Tyron Lue. Um, you know, he's supposed to be closing in on the uh, the job as the Lakers head coach. And, you know, I mean, you know, that that's just what they, they have to deal with. And as far as LeBron not knowing, you know, getting any uh, heads up about Magic Johnson leaving, I mean, you know, that, you know, what can you say about that? You know, their situation, they, they want – Everybody that believe this situation is, you know, everything is, you know, uh, happy-go-lucky when it's not. And and then what do you do? You know, I'm not a Laker fan. That's not my that's not my problem. You know, I have to worry about what the Knicks are going to do um, as far as this NBA draft lottery, making sure that we kind of, you know, secure a number one pick. If we can make that number one pick Zion Williamson, and so be it. Then comes the free agency. Who are we going to sign? We got max money to sign two free agents. You know, we're hearing about Kevin Durant. Everybody has their fingers crossed with Kevin Durant. But who's going to be that second guy? That's that that should be that's that should be the question. Who's going to be that second guy that's going to come with Durant? Is it going to be Kyrie Irving? Is it going to be Kemba Walker? You know, what are we going to do? You know, could it be another, you know, um um could it be another you know, front line player, and then we take John Morant in the draft, and he'll be the point guard, and go along with Dennis Smith. Okay, I mean, you know, we have you know Mitchell Robinson, Kevin Durant, and whoever else we could put in that front line. The Knicks, you know, they already got the Knicks at 20 to one odds to win the championship next year. I, I think they're jumping out the window already. I don't want to get too excited about that. You know, with the Knicks being having twenty to one odds to win the title, I'm I'm not I'm not there yet with it. Talk to me on July the second. You know, talk to me on the fourth of July. We'll see what it is. See what we gonna put together because um I'm looking forward to it. And I'll say it again, man. I I, I don't want to you know say like I know everything, but I I really really don't. But I kind of I, I pay attention in a, in a different way. You know, I'm not really, you know, again, like I said, I'm not really caught up with what's going on. I pay attention because that's what I have to do as far as the season is concerned and what's going on in the NBA. But I'm really going to be hyped and charged once the season is over because now everybody's going to be back to square one. Everybody's going to be zero, zero, you know, and um, that's when the fun begins. You know, Um, next week um, we have the um, NBA draft, the draft lottery. Patrick Ewan is going to be representing the Knicks, you know, and then we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, on the morning of the morning of uh, of, of May May fifteenth, if everybody's you know happy and the Knicks is knowing that they're going to get the number one pick, then you know that's when that's when it begins. You know, but if not, you know, we'll just be you know wherever we are, and then we have to worry about you know um, what other options that we have in the draft. And I mean, there are other options. You know, um, you know, R.J. Barrett. You know, um, you know, you know, Zion Williamson's teammate at Duke. 
you know, and there's, there's a few other kids, man, that can really, really make some things happen. You know, like we talked about John Morant and Murray State. You know, we talked, you know, we talked about a bunch of other guys, you know, but I think that, um, you know, it, it all, it's all contingent on how this draft lottery plays out, you know. Um, I mean, you know, due to, and remember, due to the new rules that the NCAA put in place, Zion Williamson can go back to Duke next year if he wants. Based on whatever, you know, if the feedback isn't what he wants, if the feedback isn't what he thinks he's going to get, you know what I mean? He can, he can technically go back to school, but I don't think he's going to do that. You know, I think that um, wherever he goes, whether it's, you know, the Knicks or Cleveland or Phoenix, um, you know, those are the three teams that have the highest odds of winning the lottery. Um, I think that wherever he goes, whoever picks that, that position is going to take Zion Williamson. Um, as we know, he was both dominant and, and efficient at Duke while playing primarily at, at power forward. You know, most of his shots came from inside the paint. You know, um, I think, you know, um, I think, you know, he had you know, some improvement from the perimeter as the season wore on. You know, I think, you know, if, if his developmental path continues to go up, I think if the New York Knicks have the number one pick in the draft, they will not hesitate. They will not hesitate. You know, they're, they're, they'll announce their pick. But that, you know, that, that final ping pong ball says the blue and orange of the New York Knicks, then you might as well, you know, write Zion Williamson's name on it that day. You know, um, you know, the Cavaliers, you know, if they go number two, you know, R.J. Barrett is there, you know. Um, you know, Barrett, you know, to go along with Colin Sexton, who was the number eight pick of the 2018 draft, that would give, you know, the Cavaliers two, you know, very, very solid building blocks to grow upon. Uh, RJ Barrett, he's a functional ball handler. He's an excellent playmaker. You know, he can grow into a star if he's in the right situation. Um, he also is ball dominant. He likes to have the ball in his hand. And sometimes he was, you know, inefficient, you know, um, at Duke, but he led the ACC in scoring as an 18-year-old. So his ceiling is, is, is very high, just like Zion Williamson's. Um, you know, Phoenix, if they come in at number three, they might take, you know, John Morant. You know, um, they might, you know, I think they could be one of the teams that can lose the lottery and still come up with a great consolation prize. You know, I think, um, you know, if you have a team with John Morant, Devin Booker, and, and, and DeAndre Ayton, Wow, you you got something to build on, you know, in Phoenix. I think Phoenix and you know come you know come back and, and make some things happen. Um, Chicago Bulls, maybe Kobe White, the freshman out of uh, North Carolina. All right, because the Bulls should be looking to uh, upgrade its backcourt in the draft, particularly at point guard. And I think that you know Kobe White brings that great appeal. He's a great scorer. He broke Michael Jordan's freshman scoring record at North Carolina. All right. Um, his, his handles have definitely improved. Um, he definitely needs some development to become a solid starting point guard um, from, you know, the decision-making point of view. Um, but I think that the Bulls should, you know, kind of, you know, um, bet that he, you know, he's a winner. You know, I think that, you know, with him, Otto Porter Jr. and Laurie Markkinen, I think that that, you know, that threesome could be very, very, very uh, decent several years down the road. Um, Atlanta. You know, if they can somehow look at, you know, DeAndre Hunter, the kid from Virginia, all right? They got uh, Trey Young already. He's their building block after, you know, his great rookie year, but he's not by himself, okay? Um, 
you know, Kevin Witter and John Collins, they figure to be uh, very big pieces, you know, moving forward as well. You know, um, I think the Hawks could add to that emerging, uh, you know, uh, treasure chest of, of young players by grabbing DeAndre Hunter. He, I think he's one of the more ready-made prospects in the in the draft. Um, he can provide some, you know, defensive versatility and some spacing from the forward spot. He's not really, you know, a second star to put next to Trey Young, but I think he'll be a very, very solid player for years to come. Um, you know, other players in the draft, you look at that guy like Darius Garland, you know what I mean, from Vanderbilt, Jackson Hayes from Texas, 6'11 freshman, uh, Cam Reddish from Duke, all right, uh, Brandon Clark from Gonzaga, Jared Culver from Texas Tech, all right, we watched him in the, in the – uh, in, in the final four in the, in, 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 the, in the championship game, all right? Uh, P.J. Washington from Kentucky, all right? This is some names that, you know, you might want to become familiar with as we get closer to the NBA draft and the uh, NBA draft lottery, all right? Um, I'd be the mayor, man. You can get at me on Twitter at RMDesk. I've handed in the building. Uh, after further review on Facebook, we do that up too, man. Um, you can check me out on Mondays. Calfani Radio, what about that game? I I do it up with my man Rock Ness Monster, um, Miss Mo Better, and Queen Amina. Tuesdays, you know what it is because you're right here listening to me. After further review, 2.0, a.k.a. the Sideline Pass, live and direct on Action VR Network, courtesy of Mixler.com. Shout out to Muggers Marrow in the building all the time. you can check me out, man. I, I get my write on too, man. I write a little bit. I write for uh, Validated Magazine. I have an article that's out um, in the issue, the April, May, June issue. Um, I did. I did my thing on it, man. I, I, I did my thing. I think I did a good job. Shout out to uh, Lost Disciples Incorporated. Shout out to Eric Sermon, and um, shout out to everybody over there at Validated Magazine, man. Make sure you check them out. Um, it's the one with Smith and Wesson on the cover. All right. Um, and, um, that's basically it, man. Scratch visions, DJ scratch, do my thing on Saturdays over there. And, um, that's basically it. But, um, we in the building, man. So watch for us this summer. We got some things coming up, man. Shout out to my crew over there. Fresh Slander radio every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night from nine to 11. It's my man, Harlem fresh one, two, five, Matt Slander. We in the building with Scott LaRock Jr. Doing what we do. All right. Talking, uh, battle rap, hip hop. And uh, sports, you already got you put over here, all right? Well, this is how we do it, man. That's how we give it up over here, man. This is after further review 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. All right, um, get you caught up, man, on some stuff, man. Then I got a minute rant, and then I'm going to get up out of here, man, for a Tuesday night. I hope y'all, man, having, you know, enjoying yourself. You know what I mean? Um, it's already May. It's May already. You know what I'm saying? So I hope it's getting themselves ready for the time. Black or Bob, anything else, anything you want to, you know, chop up or add on to before we get ready to get out of here the state of the network address coming up at 10 o'clock? All right, you know, so still doing what we do, man. And seems like we're running into some technical situations going on. Um, it's after further review 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. 
talking about um, a little baseball, get back in baseball mix, man, because, you know, it's almost about that time, man. We talk about, you know, Memorial Day as being the first part of the season that you pay attention to. Um, where is Dallas Keiko going to end up? You know, he's still a free agent, man. And I was hoping maybe the Yankees would try to snatch him up because we have some we have some problems as far as our pitching is concerned. Um, Keiko, he went 12-11 and 11 last year with a 3.74 ERA, 153 strikeouts and 204 and two-thirds innings. Um, I think that, you know, he, I think he would make any team that, you know, sign him better. You know, um, he had 34 starts last year. He didn't miss a single one with Houston. Uh, 76 and 63 record, you know what I mean, seven years. So I think he'll, you know, he could provide some quality depth. And, um, you know, as far as a left-hander, you know, and left-handers always get to keep, always keep a job. As far as, so our pitchers are concerned. So I think Keiko might be a good look as, as far as that's concerned, man. Um, I watched um, Daniel Jacobs and Canelo Alvarez fight over the weekend. I think that, uh, man, I, 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 I expected a little bit more out of that fight, I think maybe a little bit was taken out of Daniel Jacobs for, you know, being overweight, you know what I mean, at the weigh-in. That might have, you know, that might have took some of his spirit away. But um, Canelo Alvarez, you know, he he this thing, man. I think that, um, you know, it wasn't really an exciting fight. There were no knockdowns. Nobody was really ever hurt. There wasn't really any, you know, dramatic moments in the fight. Um and again, I just thought it was, you know, it, it wasn't the fight that it, it could have been or it should have been, you know. Um, I would, would, was it boring? I, I, no, nah, I wouldn't say it was exactly boring. It wasn't the great, the most exciting fight in the world, but it, it wasn't a boring fight. It was, you know, clinical, you know, it was tense, you know, um, you know, and I just think that, you know, both of them, you know, kind of did what they had to do. They felt each other out and, um you know, it lasted for 12 rounds. And uh, Canelo won, you know, won the decision. And now he's the uh, unified uh, middleweight champion of the world, WBA, WBC, and IBF. And now I think that Daniel Jacobs, I mean, you know, he proved himself, you know. Um, but I won't say that um, he, he fought uh, a, 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 a better fight than he did against Gennady Golovkin. What's up, Bob? Okay, we're set. We do have it up here, so it's all good now. And, uh, yeah, I heard a lot about the fight, too, there that uh, you're talking about there, too. And, uh, yeah, won 12 rounds. People can't complain about that, you know. And uh, let's face it, there was a winner. Yeah. Well, well. Yeah, man. So, yeah, so we got everything up and going. Everything is popping. So we back in the building right now. Um, I'm going to do the three-minute rant, and then we're going to get out of here let Bob get ready for the uh, State of the Network address that's coming up right after after further review, 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. So we're going to get into the three-minute rant. The three-minute rant starts right now. Um, what I wanted to talk about as far as the three-minute rant is concerned, man, I wanted to talk about... Um, you know, these veterans on the chopping block. You know, there's always, every year, there's always veterans that, you know, um, when they get cut from their teams, it's a it's a big surprise to everybody and stuff like that. And um, 
here's a few players that you might want to keep a keep uh, a lookout for. Um, Brandon Williams, no tackle for the Ravens. You know, um, I think that you know as far as that's you know as far as that's concerned, um, you know, you know he's past his prime. You know, um, he's still a capable you know, upper level run defender on the inside. But I think that um, you know, the Ravens have recently collected, you know, some nose tackles who are comparable to him. You know, they have Michael Pierce in two thousand sixteen. Um he's only twenty six years old. Daylon Mack, um he was drafted in the fifth round of this year's draft. Um, you know, and I, I think that, you know, the the Ravens aren't really in a need to clear up cap space. You know what I'm saying? So I think that um you know, they've loaded up on that position. So I think Williams, you know, could be on his way out um, in Baltimore. LaShawn McCoy, running back for the Buffalo Bills. You know, um, I don't think they're going to cut LaShawn McCoy. But um, I think that, you know, even though, you know, his career low, 3.2 yards for carry, um, Buffalo still had a, a, a bottom three offensive line. They couldn't threaten anybody with their pass, you know, defense. Um, and again, I think that, you know, LaShawn McCoy is, you know, almost kind of wasting away up there in Buffalo, you know, um, I think, you know, what they need to do is figure out, um, what the depth that they're going to have behind him in Buffalo and, you know, um, if they're going to, you know, save that almost six and a half million dollars if they let him go. Um, but yeah, I mean, Buffalo, they, they currently have the sixth highest figure, um, in cap space at over $30 million. You know, so again, it's up to what Sean McCoy does in training camp. I think if he starts slow, and the kid, um, the kid Singletary, you know, Devin Singletary um, shines, then you know that that might be uh, it might be an easier thing for Buffalo to do if they can, you know, if they if they cut him, you know, um, you know, I think you know they have T.J. Yeldon, they have Frank Gore, you know, to to kind of like add some competition. Um, Gio Bernard in Cincinnati. I mean, you know, he's he's been reliable for them since he came on the field in 2013. But uh, recently, he's been, you know, having the injury bug, and um, I just thought that, you know, it might be, uh, uh, watch out for his name to end up on the list, especially when you have a kid like Joe Mixon who's on the come up. All right, Ryan Griffin in in, in Houston, the tight end, Xavier Williams, the defensive tackle in Kansas City, Daniel Sorensen, the safety in Kansas City. Watch Kyle Rudolph tight end from the Minnesota Vikings, all right? Carl Joseph with the Oakland Raiders, Darren Lee with the New York Jets and some names to watch. And that's the three-minute rant. Um, we've got to get up out of here a little early tonight, man, because Wacko Bob has to set up for the um, State of the Network uh, address. Make sure you hang out for that. He's going to let you know what's going on with the Action VR Network and all that good stuff. I appreciate everybody that checks the show out. appreciate you for listening. All right, um... Thank you, um, Wacko Bob, Sonny Cruz, uh, uh, Chuck Skull, the whole unit, my man Mike Summers, the whole unit over there, Action VR Network. Shout out to Muggers Merrill. Uh, my man Maurice is in the building all the time. Uh, make sure you check them out, man. MuggersMerrillLLC.com. That's the name of the site right there. You get some really, really good barbecue sauces, all organic, all natural, very, very low calories. And all that good stuff, man. Muggers Marrow. Muggers, M U G G E R S. Marrow, M A R R O W L L C. 
com is the name of the site. I am about to get up out of here. I'll talk to you all next week, man. This is after further review 2.0, aka the sideline pass. You want to get at me? Get at me on Twitter at RMDesk, left handed, always in the building. All right? Stay tuned, man. The state of the network address is coming up next. This is after further review 2.0, aka the sideline pass, and I'm out. Peace. Skin. So what is wrong?